Hi, attendees. If you're just joining us, just give us uh, about 60 seconds to let everyone log on and then we'll go ahead and get started. All right, hello everyone. I'm Rachel Zabonik-Chanko, Editor-in-Chief of Club Solutions Magazine. Um, and thank you so much for joining us for today's Thought Leadership Series. Uh, today's topic is fitness and programming trends. And we have a really awesome group of panelists for you all today from a wide cross section of the industry. Um, so I'm gonna kick us off by asking each of them to introduce themselves, share a little bit about their facilities um, and hopefully a fun fact as well. Uh, Gretchen, let's start with you. Well, hello everyone, I'm Gretchen Collins. I am the Director of Fitness at the East Bank Club. I have been here just about 17 years next week and we are a 350,000 square foot full service multi-purpose club. Um, it is a pretty amazing place if you have never been here. And I would say a fun fact about myself is that I wear one contact only. Okay, <laughs> very cool. <laughs> we'll have to learn more about that at some point. Yes. Yeah, awesome. All right, Troy, go ahead. Hello, I'm Troy Richardson. I'm the Vice President of Fitness Services for Gold's Gym SoCal Group in Southern California. Uh, we have 23 locations offering services from large group training, small group training, personal training, one-on-one, -on -one, uh, and obviously group exercise as well. Fun fact is uh, I'm a phenomenal dancer, actually. It's like phenomenal. <laughs> I'm a phenomenal dancer. <laughs> I love it. Hopefully we'll humble about it. it. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Awesome. Stacy, go ahead. Hi, I'm Stacy Alden. And currently I work as the group fitness director for a large luxury health club called Pro Club in the Seattle, Washington area. Um, we I am transitioning into working with a different team, a company called Guided Fitness. So, but I come, I hail to you from the group fitness side of things. Um, an interesting fact about myself is that I, my crafty outlet that I've discovered in this past couple years of all this craziness has been making earrings and it's so much fun. So I'll teach you anytime. <laughs> nice. I love that. I think we've all found a weird passion during COVID, whether it was like sourdough baking, who knows? I totally <laughs> did that too. <laughs> nice. Awesome. What about you, Lisa? I'm Lisa Groff. And I am the personal training director at a club in Louisville, Kentucky called Baptist Health Milestone Wellness Center. I've been here for 18 years. And while I'm technically only the personal training director, I serve more like a general manager role, do a little bit of everything in the facility, especially since COVID. I think that everybody's nodding. So that's probably true of everybody's jobs. Uh, fun <laughs> fact about me is I am married to my high school sweetheart. And we've been together since 1997. Oh my gosh. I love uh, that. That's so cute. Awesome. Victoria, introduce yourself. All right. Uh, my name is Victoria Tolbert Ashley. I'm the National Director of Group Exercise for Export Fitness. Uh, we run multiple big box clubs, uh, home base. The mothership, if you will, is based out of Chicago, Illinois, but we also uh, service Virginia, D.C. area, as well as uh, New York, Long Island, and the Bronx. And a fun fact about me, oh, um, not to recycle this, but it's just, it's the funnest thing is that I'm, I'm a horse junkie. So uh, I love horses. I love horseback riding. It doesn't matter. Polo, rodeo, uh, trail riding. Um, I just, I just love horses. So anything about horses just is, is fun yet therapeutic. 
Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. We talked about that. I did a podcast episode with Victoria. If y'all haven't checked it out and we talk a little bit about that. So be sure to check out that episode. Um, but Jen, last but not least, go ahead and introduce yourself. I am Jen Hogue. I am the director of group exercise for East Bank Club. I work with Gretchen day in and day out. And um, she's the best partner in crime ever. I just want to give her a shout out since we're all on this together. Um, our club really is unique in terms of its size and its offering. So I would encourage anybody to visit us uh, in Chicago. Um, little fun fact about me. I was born on my mother's birthday and I have an affinity for dogs that are twice my size. Um, I'm a great day lover and I have one at home right now named Ranger Danger. And I just, uh, I, I feel life is incomplete unless you have some sort of four-legged companion in your home. Yeah. Dog or horse. <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I, Jen, I have small ponies. They're just, you know, inside the house. <laughs> nice. Um, Jen, I actually was born on my mom's birthday as well. Shut up. Is, That's so yeah. cool, right? <laughs> yeah. So random. Awesome. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the thick of it. Um, again, the topic for the day is fitness and programming trends. Um, so I'm going to start with, you know, I really want to hear from you all. What is trending in the realm of group X, small group training and personal training? We'll start with group X. Um, and then Jen, do you want to go ahead and, and let us know your thoughts? Yeah, um, in terms of trends, and I kind of, you know, thought about this from two different lenses, you know, in terms of an offering, and also what we're seeing from the members. And so I'll start with the members, because with group exercise, it is all about the members. I mean, we know butts and seats and people in the room is what keeps, you know, the program alive and well. And I have noticed I'm, I'm a dinosaur, I've been doing kind of Group X management and directorship for almost 30 years. So I've been around a while and I've seen where things have come and gone. And right now I see a lot of people looking for circus, not purpose. Um, it's very fad driven. And another interesting fact about me is I actually have a master's in integrated marketing and I worked in the corporate world for a really long time. So I know that marketing messages can really drive attendance in the studio. And for me, that's something really challenging to have to deal with, to, to kind of combat this idea of fad fitness outside of you know factual and really true scientifically based fitness programs. So I see a lot of head nodding between my panelists. I, I think everybody is kind of struggling with this, you know, competing with fads versus facts. And then because of COVID, the shorter workout is really popular. Um, most people didn't want to be online, which we all had to live there during the pandemic and during the shutdown. So 30 minute workouts are really popular. I think streaming and on demand is still super popular. And then the other thing, and I don't know about the rest of my panelists, I'm dying to hear from you guys, is this kind of idea of clicky fitness, um, you know, class pass and people being able to run around and take classes all over town with their friends and kind of like this mob mentality going on in the studios and wanting to be around people who look like them, are similar in their age group. And, you know, we have a very broad member base at East Bank Club. We've got 21-year-olds and we have 75-year-olds. And, you know, making an inclusive environment for everyone, especially coming off the pandemic, has been a little challenging. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. All great stuff for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Victoria, do you want to weigh in? Did anything resonate that Jen said? Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Nail on the head, especially with, in terms of everybody wanting something that's just sort of fad, like you mentioned. And I love the term, um, the circus term, because it's just like, what do we got now? What do we got now? What do we got next? Oh, we did that already. What do we got next? So um, I think that it's, it's really showing what we were already seeing from the Zennials, if you will, um, that they didn't necessarily want your traditional aerobic workout. They didn't necessarily want your traditional spin or cycle workout. It was the rhythm rides that were starting to come into play, the, the hit, the hit extremes and, you know, insanities and the combinations of, um, and then also that want or that need to feel like people are in the know. So consumers, I feel have become much more sad, fad savvy, if you will, I was going to say just savvy, but it's, it's really um, to Jen's point, fad savvy because of all of the broad marketing that's going on across um, the industry and really the, the, the overlap of industry because you have health professionals that are now promoting fitness a little bit more too, but they're like, okay, as long as I can do it and it's fun, then I'm going to go and do it. So, you know, Hey, I, I, I did rumble yesterday and today I'm doing, uh, you know, jumping up and down outside of a hula hoop. So I think that people are just really looking for something that's going to recharge their fun battery, but then also with the back of mind feeling like I did something good for myself. I was healthy. I was active. Um, and so it's like, well, yeah, I'm fit because I did, you know, this whole circus act. And, you know, I think sometimes we as fitness professionals, we want to talk to people and we don't really listen to what they want. And so we're like, well, we have this program for you and we know what's best for you. And right now we just need to listen and give people what they want because we know what they need. Plus what a little bit about what they want as, as they're telling us. But I think that, you know, we just have to be in listen mode so that we can better service the circus act, if you will, and then also program a little bit of that in. So keeping some core programming, but weaving in um, a lot of those fun pieces. Um, I think that from some of the clients that I've uh, talked to and not necessarily export specific, um, people are looking for sort of that integrated class pass type of feel like, oh, is there, are there pop-up classes? You know, you maybe not necessarily need to go to a uh, boutique to get, you know, this class. They want to feel like they're a part of a community and that human connection is, hasn't been lost. And so I, I think that that's another thing that is really important is just that, um, and Jen touched on it too, Virtual is obviously here and I think it's here to stay. And I think we need to marry ourselves to it and make sure that there's a strong hybrid of a virtual space, but that you will never lose that human connectivity. We're humans. We were born to be around humans. We were designed to be with other humans. And so as long as we can, you know, just fuel that groupness and uh, entertain the circus for a little while, um, it'll be all good. Yeah. Love it. Um, for uh, those people who didn't catch what Jen had said earlier, it was circus, not purpose. So, yeah. Um, Stacey, would you like to add anything um, that you're seeing trending in the realm of Group X? Um, yeah, so as far as trends slash thinking about like practical, tactical things that have worked well for us when it comes to responding what members are looking for is more of, I think of it as like a holistic approach to group fitness and just an ecosystem of integrating group fitness into more aspects of the club. So for example, with the shorter classes that Jen spoke about that has become a trend during this time, we've definitely taken or seen that happening, that people are going to the shorter classes. 
but we've also strategically scheduled them. So I'm thinking as a group fitness manager, rather than just what classes am I putting in, where are people potentially getting their own workout, whether it's on the fitness center floor with like the equipment doing maybe even a Peloton class on a bike in the fitness center. And then maybe we have a stretch class that's just at the right time for them to do something in person in the club right after that class. So for example, the one class that's done really well at about 8 a.m. in the morning is a stretch class, 30 minutes, people are coming off the fitness center floor and people are just coming from a class that's right before that and attending that class. So it's getting people to come to group fitness who are also visiting the fitness center floor as well. And then that class is also hybrid. So it's streaming out to other people who are at home, finishing up their home workout, hopping on for the stretch class. So that's been an interesting way to tackle this. Um, and then with what we've discovered is with group training, we started during the pandemic, we weren't able to have very many people in the studio, but people wanted more classes. So we strategically built these small group classes and we had clients pay for them. Classes they normally wouldn't have paid for with 65 people, they now had to pay for with four. And a lot of those have actually hung on to wanting, they don't care. They're like, I don't care what you're gonna charge me. I just wanna stay with this group of people. These are my people. When you guys are talking about community, like they, they, they are the people now that I've gone through all this scary stuff with. This instructor has hung in with us that we've fallen in love with with them and we want to continue this together. So those are my two kind of things that I've noticed and that we've we've really tried to capitalize on. Yeah, I'm sure they appreciate the kind of more indiv individualized instruction as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, um, since we're talking about small group training a little bit, um, let's let's go ahead and transition to that. Um, Troy, can you tell us a little bit about what you're seeing in regards to small group training at Gold's Gym SoCal? Absolutely. Uh, we actually run the uh, Thrive program. And what it is, it's, it's a mixture between one-on-one -on -one training where you're actually assigned a client. And to your point, it, it has to be fun, right? I think we all agree that if it's not fun, if it's just, uh, you know, coming in and moving weight around, you're not going to get that type of retention that you need to keep people coming back. And our theory in small group is one, you got to be safe, right? It got to be effective, but let's give people a reason to pull out their phone, to open up their Instagram accounts and let everybody know in their community what they're involved in. So if it's not fun, uh, it, it, people don't want to even uh, be a part of it. So staying safe, obviously, uh, giving people a reason to show up and getting away from a boot camp style, but more so like a training camp, right? Where we make it a sports theme. In fact, we just ran a Super Saturday promotion where everybody wore superhero t-shirts. So again, giving people a reason to show up and then being a part of their outside lives has been really uh, impactful for us. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, obviously, you know, we in the fitness industry um, don't, we're super high, highly motivated to um, go to classes, work out, um, engage in fitness, but for the average person, it's not always um, so easy. So I think that's great what you said about it. Any way that you can make it fun and really draw people in, um, it's just going to have a greater impact. So. Yeah, Lisa, anything that you'd like to share on small group training? So um, I really like what you said about making it fun. And I was like over here taking notes. I think that's what's great about this. That even the panelists can learn from each other. Um, give people a reason to get their phone out and post about their workouts, right? And so um, we do personal training very well here at Milestone. 
it's one of our strong points and we do a lot of small group training, but it's not in the sense of like a class type setting. It's out on the gym floor in a small group setting, three to four people. I have one trainer who will have seven or eight people. Um, so we do that very well here, but there's not that fun component to it. So I think that would be a really good thing to add in and um, do some sort of themes between the, the groups and have them like wear a certain shirt or wear a certain color or um, pick an exercise that day or whatever, just kind of add that fun component. I really like that idea. Um, but I did want to touch on the group X thing a little bit, what Jen was saying. So yeah. we have all worked with that group X instructor that does everything wrong and um, has a huge following, but it is so trendy. We've all worked with those people. And it can be frustrating when you're um, a, a real professional, been in the industry a really long time. Um, it can be frustrating. So, um, but kind of looking back at it, if that's what the members want right now, as long as they're not getting injured, then let it be and ride, ride it out, ride out the, the fad wave. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Gretchen, anything that you'd like to share on small group training or group X? Yes. Uh, for small group training, we actually launched one year ago. So February of 2021, our new small group training studio called The Brickyard. So we had been working on it for years. And of course, we launched in the middle of COVID, uh, which was not ideal. But I think the one thing that stood out and based on what Jen and everybody else said about looking, people wanting to do things that are fun and different and new all the time. One unique thing we're doing in there is myself and Jen and one of our head personal training coaches, we meet every single month and we design every single exercise, every single format, every single class for the following month. We shoot uh, like a five to 10 second video of us doing it. And then we beam it up to the TVs in those studios. So our instructors that teach in there every week, they don't have to worry so much about cueing and explaining the exercises. They can really motivate, you know, energize the class, run around, clap, cheer them on, all that kind of thing. So that's really helped. And I think we thought we were going to have more like just repeating classes time and time and time again. And we realized we can't, the people who are coming, they want it different every single month. They don't want two workouts to ever be the same. So I would say if you're used to kind of recycling things, we have to get away from that. You have to put the work in, put the time in to sit down program and come up with new and exciting and safe and effective exercises. But we've, I think we've gone a little bit outside the box in a good way versus like the traditional exercises. So I would encourage people to to continue to do that because our members are responding really well to it. Yeah. Yeah. You all have a tough job. <laughs> I mean, you have to like, you know, sit down and figure out how to engage people. And that looks different on a day-to-day -day basis. So I just commend you all. I don't, I don't know how you would do it. Where do you get the energy? <laughs> that was rhetorical. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, gonna say coffee, but I don't drink coffee. So I don't, I don't have a reason. <laughs> you that <laughs> that natural. And I. That natural fitness high. Yes, there we go. Endorphins. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about just trends and personal training. Um, I know for some clubs that did take a big hit during COVID. Um, so I'd love for each of you to just kind of share an update on the status of that particular offering and um, maybe your vision for it in the future, where you see it headed. Um, let's go ahead and start with uh, you, Stacey. Could you uh, tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so I also oversee a Pilates team, a private Pilates team. So what I've noticed is with private Pilates instructors and with trainers is they've had to, whether they were into doing group fitness before or not, they've definitely had to add that to their schedule. Because what's really interesting about this whole situation 
is that even the veterans, most of them had to start from square one, where a lot of their clients maybe moved on or had to, or were too, ner- too nervous to come back or unwilling to try digital. So they are having to build their schedules back up. And so I'm seeing that similar to what I said earlier about classes, that more integrated ecosystem of all of us working together, I'm seeing that with trainers, trainers, they need to, we need to help upskill them to be able to teach to a group as well. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Troy? What are your, um, what's a PT update? For us, we're really leveraging technology through a fitness app where all of our personal training clients get a dedicated app and we're getting away from sessions and really taking a hard look at programming. So before the Mm -hmm. pandemic, our average client 50 minute was 1.3 times per week. Now what we're selling is, do you want a three times a week program? Do you want a four times a week program? Do you want a five times a week program? Regardless of how often you're gonna be with that professional coach. And then we're able to track the compliance of that week program. So you can have essentially a three times a week program with a fitness professional one day a week. And uh, through our fitness app, we're able to uh, track that, track the programming, uh, add that video content, to really customize it to the individual. And that's been helping us a lot coming back. Yeah. Yeah, is anyone doing, um, you know, is anyone else doing virtual personal training through an app? Stacey, okay. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah. Gretchen, do you wanna weigh in on this one? We we actually got pretty lucky in that. I have have really long-term tenured personal trainers here. Like I have some who've been here over 30 years. Um, so uh, many of them came back and they were actually able to convince their clientele to come back. So they did a really great job for us in getting our members back post COVID. So I was really lucky. Now I did lose quite a few trainers more than I ever have in the past for moving out of state or changing careers. Um, so I've, I've definitely had to hire on, but I think that over the expectation from our members is that the, is that the trainer is going to do more for them now. So it's not just about lifting weights and telling them what to do for cardio. They're looking at the trainer for nutrition help, for recovery, for mobility, for stress relief, meditation practices, things that the trainers here have never had to think about before. So I, I really commend my trainers for kind of stepping up and getting more well-rounded with what they can offer as suggestions in the club and outside of the club, because the member wants more than they were giving them pre-COVID. Yeah, that's really good to know. Yeah, as, as leaders, are you all looking for new hires who have a more variety of backgrounds as a result of this? Yeah. Yes. Um, any um, special certifications or courses that you all are looking for or that others might want to keep on their radar when hiring? Jen, were you going to say something? <laughs> well, I know I'm getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but you know, I think everyone is short-staffed as a result of COVID. As Gretchen mentioned, a lot of people changed careers because of the instability. Some people moved away because the mandates in their city were just a little too much for them. So hiring has been challenging. And I will proudly say that I've been at East Bank Club about two years. Um, The level of training and education here is unsurpassed in anywhere I've ever worked, anywhere I've traveled as a master trainer and and an educator. It really is something that the club should be proud of. And I, because of this fad fitness that we've already talked about a little bit and the fact that we're looking for talent, I have found personally that a lot of people think that the in-house training that they did at the boutique around the corner is enough to come and work at East Bank Club. And for us, it simply isn't. So we 
just to get in the door as a year degree, I need a nationally recognized certification and then additional specialty certs if you want to teach cycling or if you want to teach bar or if you want to teach dance. So our bar is set really, really high here. And it's been very challenging finding people who can even meet our minimum expectations. So it's, uh, but you know, we're fighting the good fight. We're not going to compromise. And I don't think you should compromise on what your standards are simply because of what we all are still praying is a temporary <laughs> situation. But yeah, that's probably been our biggest challenge is finding people that actually can meet our club's standards. Yeah. Yeah. Go um, ahead, Cece. Yeah, something, um, since we have similar standards, we really try to hang on to those and we've wavered back and forth. We're like, what do we do? How do we make this happen? We really need these people. We have found that strategically, if we can hire these companies to come and host them ourselves, we tend to see that we can not only have people from the outside of the club that we meet and attend those trainings, but also it's it creates this kind of camaraderie among the team. They start to see each other learning, see each other growing. Um, and then it gives, I, I think we've learned to just upskill, like I said earlier, the trainers, the instructors we already have, what other certifications do they want to get? Because they're already at that level. So kind of looking within, and then we've really taken um, a step toward hiring members, members who are even considering, or we, we've gone up to them and been like, hey, we really think you could teach this class because it takes going up to them. Rarely are they going to come to you. Um, and we've just recently hired two previous members who are made like really great instructors to not only not only their their ability to teach but I think what the differences in hiring members I'm noticing is that they know what it's like to really be a member there and they value that customer service so much and that that level of 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 care that they they know as a participant they really enjoyed so um that's what I wanted to throw in on on hiring yeah yeah, very I cool. think also, um, uh, Rachel, sorry. I think no. that uh, to, to the point of uh, standardization and making sure that, you know, you, you maintain standards and you have people that are, that are certified or willing to get certified and then you create this path for them. It'll only help us as an overall industry, no matter where um, I would call them practitioners, no, no matter where a practitioner chooses to work or, you know, whether it's boutique private, big box, wherever they choose to go, it's only going to help us all um, to continue to develop and, and flourish. And so I think what I found, um, and, and I uh, mentor trainers who are like, how do I build a, a training business? And, you know, whether you decide that you're going to build your training practice within a facility or going to build it on your own, you have to have these skills. It's not an industry where you can just YouTube a, a workout and think that that's going to sustain you. So we start talking about sustainability. And, and when you're having these types of conversations with with trainers or instructors, it's it's like, oh wait, there you know, there's a whole curriculum, there's a skill set that really goes into uh, my ability to be able to service people and deliver a quality service to people, but then also a journey that I'm taking myself on. And so something that I, I think is really important is how do you take someone else on a journey if you haven't even taken yourself on a journey? So being able to have you know, trainers that are certified, instructors that are certified, it's extremely, it's extremely important. And I think the other thing, one thing that I, I want to add is that um, it's, it goes beyond customer service, what a lot of trainers have had to have happen. It's 
you're a concierge now. You have to learn about hospitality. You, your bedside manner. I mean, it, it, it really does go above and beyond, you know, a training session, pick a weight up, put a weight down, here's your tempo. Um, it it is, just goes so far and above beyond that. And, and I think that now that so many trainers have started to get that, like, oh, you know, I need to be concerned about that weight that someone's going to step over on the floor. And that's a very simple example of it. But, you know, it's, it's making sure that things are set up appropriately, anticipating your customer, your client's need before they even get there. I mean, again, we just talked about, you know, consumers becoming so much more savvy about what it is that we do, but making sure that as we are growing and developing, and as we're growing and developing talent, that we're instilling in them that you have to take it a step forward. Step forward. Yes. Like we, we are multi-servicers here. We have to service the health and beauty aspect of this thing, the science aspect of this thing, and the hospitality aspect of, you know, what goes into what we do, because I mean, like, let's not even go into behavioral change and all of that. So mm-hmm. trainers, instructors, mm-hmm. they have to be thinking about all of these things at, at once. And so the, the requirement of certification has to be there. I, I mean, obviously there are those places um, that think that, you know, hey, no, I, I got a warm body, but a warm body is not going to cover it for sustainability and longevity. It's just not going to work. And I do uh, appreciate the fact that a lot of trainers and instructors, practitioners that are sticking out the industry and not just like, oh my gosh, it's going to crash. I'm going to jump to another industry are, are embracing that. I think I, I see a lot more practitioners embracing the fact that it's just like, I got to level up. What am I doing to increase my ability to respond I have a responsibility to respond and it is, it is, you know, my duty to do that. So I, I find it really refreshing that a lot of practitioners are starting to step into that hospitality space coupled with their science and can need to continue to grow in education. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff, Victoria. Lisa, I saw you nodding along. Um, anything that you want to uh, add on, on PT trends or that resonated? Yeah, so the thing is, um, we're the same. We require a four-year degree plus a national certification. And um, the only thing that I will budge on is the four-year degree. It has, you know, usually it used to have to be in an exercise-related field. I'll take education, biology, something like that, if somebody has a lot of experience in the exercise realm. But they do, I do not ever budge on that national certification, ACE, ACSM, NSCA, Um, you know, some of the bigger ones, those are the ones we're looking for. But yeah, yeah, I think that COVID has um, weeded out the ones who weren't really passionate about it. And those of us who are still left in the industry are truly passionate and are here to stay. And so I think that was kind of a, the, the, what's, what's it called? The silver lining, um, because, you know, the, the, the trainers that I have left, I mean, most of my trainers are still here, but the ones who left, they, they were not going to make it full term, you know, full time in, in this business anyway. So it, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but those of us that are here are having to work a lot harder. That's for sure. And I think that's every industry. I don't think that's just us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that segues well into my next question. You know, I want to talk a little bit about um, how like the biggest challenges that you all are facing right now and maybe how you're striving to overcome them. Um, Gretchen, let's start with you. Uh, well, I won't rain on Jane, Jen's parade because I know she's probably going to talk a little bit about timing for Group X classes. But I would say for me, for personal training directly, it has been hiring, 
qualified trainers and holding to our standards, which we we always will hold to. But the hiring has just obviously gone down significantly. It's now starting to pick back up, which is good. Um, and then I've had a little bit of struggle, to be really honest with you, on motivating some of the trainers through all the COVID ups and downs here in Chicago, because we've had a lot of policies, a lot of rules, a lot of changes. And I have noticed the like effect it's had on their mental state and how hard they're trying to you know, bust their butts in here every day. So I have definitely seen in the last two years more of a struggle with trying to keep my staff up, feeling up and feeling good and feeling happy and motivated than I ever have before. So that's been a challenge. Yeah, I think it's probably a challenge with everybody. I mean, gosh, we've been doing this for over two years now. And no matter what role or position or industry you're in, it's it's been tough. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Troy. What about you? Um, any what challenges are you striving to overcome as a fitness director? Yeah, with 23 locations, obviously uh, hiring is big. So we had to transition to how do you turn a fitness enthusiast to a fitness professional and really taking the time and taking that mission on head on, right? If you have a great personality, uh, you have a nationally accredited certification, but you're brand new to personal training, we can then do practical tests, written tests, create a bar to say, hey, you have to at least do this and create an experience in order to take one of our members through a welcome workout or even you know, having clients. We do personal training at POS. So the sales part of it becomes very easy to us. It's now, can we fulfill that service that we promised initially? And really taking on that mission uh, head on. And I have, I have a few directors who are awesome uh, and really created a curriculum to help a fitness enthusiast become a fitness professional. Also recognition to the trainers who, who went through it and who's been through it, how are we recognizing them? Are we, are we pinning them up on Instagram? Are we on their Instagram, right? Are we, are we bringing them a protein shape and say, you rock? Those are the things that we have to do in order to retain our trainers who ultimately retain clients, right? So we, we pin a big emphasis on retention and then also acquisition of new talent uh, by creating a, a, a curriculum to where it's say, hey, this is where we want you to be. And in the first 100 days, we have a, a first 100 days mark. Day one, we're, we're, we're stalking your life. We want you to, to uh, grow as quickly and efficiently as possible by giving you the information and all of the, uh, the tricks to the trade, if you will, to create an experience and a workout and then look for future hurdles that's to come. Because we all know that it's one thing to want to be a trainer and then it's another thing when you're actually in it, right? Trying to give them those hurdles and not putting so much onus on them to have the answers, but putting, putting all the onus on us as leaders to give them the answers has really helped us. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of small details that go with personal training. You know, someone might have a passion for fitness, but maybe they're not so good at the business aspect But for it. You're saying it's the organization's job to make sure that they um, can level up in those skills. Yeah, and you know what? And, and even with the times, we have to adapt, right? You know, small things to let them know. I mean, with mental health, it's a real thing. We're, we're not hardline in any way. Tell us how you feel. Tell us what you need. We'll deliver it right, to the best of our ability, as long as within our guidelines. But listen, it, some good trainers said, you know what, I can do this on my own, right? And so it's, it, it puts more emphasis on us to give them a space where they want to be. How do we create a culture, right? Really a cult, right? Because you can't spell culture without cult. So you want to tell people who we are, 
what we're about, what we're not about, right? To create that environment, to create that team. Team is bigger than it's ever been after this uh, pandemic. So we really put a lot of emphasis on that. Yeah, love it. Jen, what would you like to add on challenges that you're seeing? Well, Gretchen already touched on it a little bit. Um, The mandates have been aggressive in Chicago and I know every state has different policies. our instructors are not super motivated to be teaching in masks, um, to always be in front of the camera. So it is a constant battle of lifting them up, lifting them up, and you know, really just saying, we know this isn't great. We know it's not fun right now, but I promise you the joy will eventually return and giving them hope in even like the smallest of ways and providing wins whenever you can to keep them excited about doing a job that two years ago was so much easier. It was so much more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and there weren't so many rules and regulations and restrictions to them just showing their best selves. I mean, right now they can't even show their face to the members. So really just trying to keep them joyful in what they're doing. And with that in mind, also giving them tools to talk through this with members who are also not happy about all the mandates and who don't understand. Um, Really just giving them an absolute top to bottom 360 coaching model to answer these questions. And sometimes it just comes down to, you know what? I feel you. I don't like it either. I, I agree with everything that you're saying, but unfortunately, this is where we're at. So come and take this class with me. Let's reduce some stress together and get out the other side of it. But just allowing them to be human and to have those human moments about the fact that truthfully, this sucks (laughs) and I don't like it Mm -hmm. any better than you do. So, you know, allowing them to be vulnerable and to be human and really just encouraging them to keep believing that we are going to come out the other side of this. And with, you know, all of these mandates and this pandemic that just won't seem to end, we are struggling with this idea of concierge fitness. Like people are taking workouts whenever they want online. And now that they're coming back to the club, they want to keep the schedule that they've created for themselves at home. They want me to deliver that in the studio. And they don't realize all the time that there are 9,000 other members that also want a concierge experience. And we have to remind the members, you know what? We are a community, a community of 9,000 people. And we are truly doing our best every single day to give everybody opportunities for what they wanna do. And, you know, just like we all wear masks to protect one another, we also create a schedule that is balanced and that has representation for what everybody wants. And so a lot of this is just talking points and being able to have that difficult conversation without allowing it to escalate, but understanding that this is deeply personal for our instructors and our members and hearing people, uh, you know, understanding, but also making them understand that it's not all about them and that it's about the community and trying to do that in a really respectful and empathetic way. So you're saying I shouldn't go to my Pilates studio and, and ask if they can add a seven o'clock a.m. class on Wednesdays <laughs> just for me? You know, it would be really 
fine if you didn't. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> I won't do it. Awesome. Ask for 6 a.m. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Yo, how about five? <laughs> but awesome. All right, uh, Stacey, is there anything that you um, want to share about any struggles that you're seeing and challenges and uh, how you're overcoming them? Let me just get my list out really fast. <laughs> I have to comment on Troy's response though so much because I appreciate that he he had so much energy with the challenges he was talking about, but also the fact that we all know hiring is an issue. Like it's a challenge right now, but he's approaching it with, okay, how can we look at ourselves and evaluate how we can improve to be a better employer? So I wish more of us in the industry would look at it that way and get really creative when it comes to the even kind of, we say hybrid all the time. What about the hybrid approach to our employees? Like they don't have that. We have been a lot. Some of our, the people in the industry I've heard who have worked in other businesses, they're like non-compete. You guys have non-competes. Like, so we've got to kind of let that go and just be brave and know that we're mm-hmm. taking care of our people and we're making them the rock stars and they will stay with you and they'll thrive in whatever they do. And you just have to try to kind of trust yourself in those decisions, but I appreciated that, um, yeah. that motivation. Um, Stacey, and- I'm telling you, ask yourself, why should a trainer stay with me? Yeah. Why? Exactly. And if you don't have the answer, they don't have the answer. Amen. So That's mm-hmm. so true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to Jen's point, we've had conflict in the studios where we've had people come to class and the, the instructors, like, I think they have symptoms, like they're coughing in class or they're, that was a huge challenge. And we had to equip them with these steps that we even had trouble coming up with <laughs> and how to handle that situation. Um, so those are other things you can accomplish in your challenges, but I'm experiencing also the timing issue. How, where do I put time or put classes? And then also the challenge to thinking ahead. I used to, I, ha- I bought a, a year calendar that I put in my office is this cool whiteboard calendar. It was like the coolest thing right before 2020 and then 2020 happened and that whole calendar got erased. <laughs> so it's frustrating, but I've had to really lean on my team and work with my team to like help them understand. And the members understand, you know, you did this event that was super awesome two years ago. Can we do it again? And it's like, we can't have a hundred people in a room right now. So no, but, um, but it's really trying to, to work with your team, I think, in, in the challenge of not being able to plan ahead and having to do things kind of on your feet, like just quickly kind of make something happen if it works out um, or change if you need to. Um, and then another challenge is that I actually have been super grateful to hang on to a lot of our instructors but we have a lot of subs on our sub list that haven't, like, I haven't heard from them. I haven't, like, they haven't become, they haven't been that person that uh, Lisa was talking about that, like, really cares about what they're doing and, and they just are hang, hanging on because it's something they've always done. So we started to really start to let those subs go because having to make sure that they keep their certification up to date and all of the effort to make sure they're still a part of the team, I, we're just eliminating them and looking for new people to join our team. Um, and in addition to that, just for the instructors that I can't give a full schedule to that they had before, I've had to help them understand it's not going to be the same possibly ever, like just kind of put that in your mind to have that expectation, but here are some other ways that we can get creative to help you feel successful and feel seen. So whether it's digital, whether it's, um, like, like Troy was saying, the, the doing some, a post on Instagram, um, 
just they they want those those recognition points um, or doing something that's super unique to them, like a workshop that only they could teach. Um, and it's only one time. You don't have to program it forever. But if it's super successful, you might learn something from that. So those are some of the challenges that we've had to overcome. <laughs> yeah. Lots of them, it sounds like. So bless you. <laughs> um, Victoria, what challenges are you facing? Oh, yeah, some of the same. Timing, scheduling. Um, I, I have to say, like, right now, our biggest challenge has been the subbing. Um, the, the subs are coming 40 going north and uh, not necessarily having um, the bench to fill those sub requests. So then the communication challenge of trying to make sure that you're not only communicating with instructors, subs, clubs, and members so that you get the information because, you know, God forbid you have to cancel a class. I mean, you know, in our industry, that is a no, no, you just don't cancel class. Nothing is like we're all business all the time. Um, and, you know, and to everyone's point, you know, we're, we have to extend some grace on that. We have to actually cancel some classes. And it's for those members that still show up, you know, did we, did we get the cancellation up on time? Were we able to get them a flyer um, on time? Were we able to, to communicate with club teams in time so that they actually, um, so that the whole team has the information, not just one person has the information. So, so that ability to, to communicate and over communicate, um, I think has been probably one of the biggest challenges. I think the last four weeks, especially um, here in Chicago with, with a yet another uh, mandate change to, to Jen and Gresham's point, um, it's just sort of like, okay, are we going? Are we not going? Are we vaccinating? Are we not vaccinating? Are we masking? Oh, wait, no, yeah, we're masking. No, we're on a pause. So just the start, the stop, the pivoting, um, which has been confusing and frustrating for everyone. Um, and then, you know, now coupled with the new variant that's spiking and people are like, oh my gosh, I'm coughing. And it's just like, just don't show up. I will have to work to help find you coverage. Please just go get yourself tested and take care of yourself. Something that we probably should have been promoting um, a lot more before take care of yourself, do what you need to do to take care of yourself. Because as we take, allow people that space and grace to take care of themselves, they're going to, to in turn take care of you, take care of your business, take care of the members basically that are servicing their business. So I, right now, I just, I feel like the biggest challenge is, um, is all of the, the sub requests. And, you know, you want to build back up and you want to scale your schedule up and, 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 and we're not back at hundred percent to, you know, pre-COVID schedule. I, no one is right now. Let's just be real. Everyone's between 30 and 60% of what, you know, a schedule used to be. Um, and then you, you know, just, just the, all of the added consent Considerations. And so the, the subbing and the ability and need to communicate and over-communicate, it's, it's really a challenge right now to just make sure like, oh my gosh, did I change the class? Did I update that it was canceled? You know, um, and just feeling bad because, you know, people want to, they want to come and, and they want to have that release or, you know, that, that, in, that, that time that they take to come to the gym and enjoy themselves. So I say that's 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 my and our biggest challenge right now at export is just that the the subbing is is insane. Yeah, I know we we can't see the audience, but I'm sure we're getting a lot of nodding heads <laughs> relating to what you just said. So, um, Elisa, is there anything that you want to share on um, challenges that you're striving to overcome as fitness director and um, GM? 
So I think, you know, obviously hiring um, is the biggest challenge. And then, well, right now with people being out with COVID. And so, you know, all of the changes and I'm a planner. I like to plan out like a whole year in advance. Well, obviously right now we can't do that. So um, I think one month at a time is where we're at. You know, what are we doing this month? that is gonna keep our members excited and happy to be here. Um, and then having an idea of a long-term plan, but being okay with it changing because it's probably going to. I think that's important to remember. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're about out of time. So I'm gonna go ahead and skip to my last question. Um, and if we have time after that, we'll um, get to one more. But I really wanna hear from you all. You know, If you could give one piece of advice to other fitness and group X directors, um, what would it be? Gretchen, let's start with you. Oh, this is a hard one because I'm not very good at it myself, but I'm trying to be. Um, and it kind of tells on what Victoria said, but um, giving ourselves some grace. I I think everyone on this panel probably holds themselves to an extremely high standard um, like I do. And I have failed and fallen more in the last two years than I have in the previous 20 in my career, just with choices I've made and things I've decided mm -hmm. for my team and that kind of thing. So I was really, really hard on myself and I know I still will be, but I'm trying to just let it go. Like, okay, that was a bad decision or that didn't go as planned. I don't have enough staff here. We're gonna make it work. Like I just am trying to let go of being so hard on myself and so hard on my team because I hold them to a really high standard as well. So it's tough to do, but I'm trying to think about it every day as these little things go wrong, that it's not the end of the world. It's, it's okay, yeah. we're all gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah, give yourself grace as well as others. Love it. Troy, what about you? What's a final piece of advice? Um, I would say get in the field, get in and experience it. I'm, I'm the vice president of 23 locations, have four directors, and I take the first workout with members myself. I've changed so many policies and procedures by just experiencing what we ask our front line to do. Don't be above it. And the team will look at you They'll see you're in the fight. You're not just barking down orders that you can actually execute. And it just brings life. It brings energy to the, to the club. So the first thing I do when I walk into a club and say, I'm here, come grab me for, you know, that turnover or to talk to a member. I'm, I'm right in it. Get in the field. Your team will love you for it. You're not above it, right? The members are the reason we're here. So why not be with them? Yeah, great. Stacy, what about you? I loved Gretchen's um, advice on like, we're going to fall hard on our face a few times. So be nice to yourself. But I also can't help, and this might be controversial a little bit, but I can't help but warn more group fitness managers to be careful with the term rock star instructor. That the, as we've talked about, you know, they have to be so much more than just that person on the stage who's performing it's so much more about how can you get the members to meet each other, get them to look inside themselves and think about how, how they're feeling and are they taking care of themselves and are they, are they seeing themselves progress? Like taking, taking that instructor who's teaching to a big group too and helping your team identify that with a smaller group, it's still a group fitness class. Like help them understand what being a great instructor means versus um, that term, I think, rock star instructor. That's not really what we need right now in this industry. We really need more instructors who care for their participants and are there to help make it fun and enjoyable and feel successful versus try to keep up with me. Yeah. Yeah. 
Great point. Jen, what's the final piece of advice? Um, you know, I really think everyone has to pause, take a deep breath and be consistent and to stop compromising on the principles. It's not a secret. We're in a pandemic. Things are going to happen. Classes are going to get canceled because an instructor just tested positive with COVID. Um, in that situation, you don't wanna throw somebody in the room just to have a warm body in there just so that class doesn't get canceled. We have standards. Um, everybody knows we're in a pandemic. And once you kind of go down that rabbit hole and you start compromising your principles and you stop being consistent with your policies and with your rules, just to satisfy what is a temporary situation. I know it has lasted way longer than any of us have wanted it to, but it is temporary. Once you change your principles, it's really hard to walk that back. So put your armor on, understand that you are gonna be the punching bag every once in a while. And in your inside voice, just say, this is temporary. This is temporary. And don't be afraid to just be human and be honest. I'm really sorry, unfortunately, we need to cancel class today. Or unfortunately, this is where we're at. But I promise you, if you stay with us, we will come out stronger on the other side. But you will not come out stronger on the other side if you compromise what your club stands for, what you stand for as a professional, you're not gonna be able to walk that back. So be very careful with the sacrifices that you are willing to make for a short-term gain for possibly avoiding the hard conversation, you still need to be thinking long-term and you still need to be thinking about your culture and your community and don't let COVID change what you stand for. Yeah, great advice. Victoria, what's the final piece of advice from you? Ooh, oh my gosh, there were just so much, the wealth of, of advice right there. Uh, uh, wow. Um, you know, I, I have to say that this this whole thing, we all know, um, and, and Jen, I think you just said it best, this thing has been exhausting and it has been going on. Um, and I think for, for those of us that looked into what a pandemic was when this thing first hit, it's global. It's not just happening to us here um, in the US. It is global pandemic. So everyone is going through it. Um, everyone is a little tired and exhausted. It, it, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Um, so I just encourage everyone to put your boots on, integrate and create synergies because you cannot get so caught up in your silo of a department or a, a, a training department or a group exercise department. And this is, this is just me pre-COVID, through COVID, post-COVID, and it will be. We have to tie ourselves to the business. Get yourself out there understand the business, understand the markets, understand the customers that you service, because as you work through this very exhausting time and you tie, tie yourself, excuse me, tie yourself to the business that much more, your level of creativity will go up, your personal mental space will go up um, because you'll, you'll be that much more creative and you'll be able to contribute that much more to your business. You'll be able to give that much more guidance to the people that you lead. Um, so I just say integrate, create synergies, lead people, don't just manage things. Yeah. Love it. Thanks, Victoria. All right, Lisa, let's end with a final piece of advice from you. 
Well, I want to personally thank Jen for her advice because I felt like she was speaking to me when she was saying <laughs> that. So um, thank you, Jen, because that really hit home. Don't sacrifice your culture and your company um, for COVID. Don't forget what you're about. That was huge for me. But I think for me, um, for myself, this has been really important. So I think it's important for everyone else is check in on your employees' mental health. Check in on them, ask them. And somebody might've already said that, but I just think that, that that's gonna go a long way. Um, you do care about your employees. So show it, prove it to them, ask them how they're doing. Is there something I can do to help? How's your home life going? All of those things. That's gonna keep your employees coming back uh, long-term as well. Awesome. Well, I want to thank each of you all for sharing your um, amazing insights with the audience. Um, and I also just want to thank you all for um, hanging in there over the past couple of years and remind you that what you do is extremely important. Um, even for me personally, um, I've really had a hard time staying motivated over the years and group X and small group training has been the only thing that's like really gotten me um, engaged. So yeah, what you guys do is amazing and you all deserve a round of applause. Um, for just hanging in there over the past couple of years. So thank you so much. I'll do a clap for you guys. <laughs> thank you, Rachel. And thank yes. you, Sub Solution, so much. Yeah, awesome. All right, attendees, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, and yeah, everyone have a great rest of your day. Happy New Year. Bye. Happy New Year. Thank Bye you, guys. everyone. Thank you.